Today we explore the chapter Fire and Water from J.R.R. Tolkien's beloved novel The Hobbit and its mesmerizing adaptation in Peter Jackson's film The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies. Let's journey through the flames and dive deep into the depths of this captivating cinematic adaptation. This is Lore of the Rings episode 113, and I'm Aaron, your host and fellow wanderer. I'm thrilled to say that our podcast has reached a global audience. In the month of June, we had an incredible response from listeners across various cities around the world. Our top five cities with the most dedicated listeners were Jacksonville, Seattle, Andover, London, and Stockholm. It's truly humbling to see our London listeners tuning in to an American perspective on one of Britain's greatest authors. If you want your city to be featured in a future shout-out, be sure to share the show with your friends and neighbors, and together, let's watch your city climb the listener charts. Special mention goes to Tenbury Wells, Bedford, and Covenant Garden, who were incredibly close to making it into the top five. Thank you all for being part of our international podcast journey. As always, your support means the world to me as we continue to explore the enchanting realms of Middle-earth. If you've been enjoying the show, I kindly ask you to take a moment to leave a rating and a review. Your feedback not only encourages me, but it also helps others discover the wonders of our show. If you're feeling extra generous, consider sharing the podcast with a friend or fellow Tolkien enthusiast, inviting them to join you and I on this extraordinary journey. And if you'd like to provide additional support, you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash L-O-T-R podcast, where you can treat me to a figurative wafer of Lumbus. Your contributions go a long way in helping me create more episodes. Thank you for your continued support and for wandering Middle-earth with me. Now, let's wander. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. To set the stage, let's briefly recap the previous events. The last time we encountered the dragon Smog, he had just engaged in a fierce battle with the dwarves and was seen flying from the Lonely Mountain towards Lake Town. And that's where our chapter, Fire and Water, takes us. Our scene opens on the distant Lake Town, but the atmosphere is far from tranquil. Warning bells ring out, echoing through the air, as the sight of a fiery glow emanating from the distant Lonely Mountain fills the horizon. We witness the master of Lake Town, consumed by his greed, hastily loading a boat with his precious gold. Interestingly, he abandons his books in this chaotic moment, highlighting his self-centered nature. As the tension reaches its peak, Smog, the forbiddable dragon, arrives, ready to unleash his fiery wrath upon the town. The destructive spectacle of flames engulfing the once peaceful settlement unfolds before our eyes. While there are some differences between the book and the film adaptation, the chaotic and fiery nature of the scene remains true to Tolkien's vision. In the original text, there was a more organized defense against the dragon, with archers firing arrows and people desperately trying to extinguish the flames. However, in the adaptation, the focus shifts towards capturing the essence of chaos, effectively portraying the overwhelming onslaught of Smog's attack. 
It's worth contemplating the reasons behind this choice. The filmmakers likely aimed to intensify the sense of danger and helplessness by emphasizing the chaos, allowing the audience to experience the sheer terror of Smog's assault. This alteration maintains the essence of the scene while adapting it to the visual medium of film. The master and his servants epitomize their selfishness as they prioritize their personal gain over the lives of others, callously leaving people behind while focusing on their hoard of gold. In stark contrast, we witness Bard, a noble character who embodies a sense of duty to protect the people. In a twist of fate, Bard manages to escape prison by catching a rope around the master's torso, displaying a little poetic justice in action. As the dragon's devastating attack unfolds, Bard stands alone as the sole archer, willing to confront the fearsome smog. While others choose to flee in fear, Bard's bravery shines through. However, in a departure from the book, the film introduces a modification, an amped-up invention called a Black Arrow, rather than the simple Black Arrow of historical significance from the book. In this adaptation, Bard's son plays a pivotal role by bringing him this film-exclusive weapon, which was designed to be used with a dwarvish wind lance, another creation unique to the film's narrative. The decision to make the Black Arrow a dwarvish forged weapon aligns with the lore established in the book. Bard's plea to the arrow in the original text mentions its forging by the kingdom under the mountain. In the film, however, this arrow takes on a different significance, almost resembling a mass-produced item of lost craftsmanship. While the concept deviates from the source material, I think it is a reasonable adaptation choice. Amidst the chaos, there are poignant moments capturing Bard's tenderness as he rescues his son and relies on him as a guide to release the Black Arrow. These scenes emphasize the emotional bond between the characters and highlight the depth of their relationship. In a departure from the book's storyline, Bard's astute observation reveals a weakness in Smog's armor, a departure from the Thrush's revelation in Tolkien's narrative. It's important to note that this alteration allows for a different approach in the film showcasing Bard's resourcefulness and strategic thinking as he seeks to bring down the mighty dragon. I feel like this change misses two big things from the book. The first was that Bilbo had to trick Smog into revealing the chink in his armor. Bilbo displays his wits, cleverness, and uncommonly good luck to discover the secret. The second is that Bard was able to understand the language of the thrushes in the book, which was a big reveal for Tolkien. That tiny plot point is what cemented Bard as a key character in the final chapters of the book. The filmmaker's decision to take a more realistic approach in the portrayal of animals is understandable. Talking animals, while charming in children's movies, may not translate as well in a serious and mature film. However, this choice also subtly veers away from one of Tolkien's themes, the interconnectedness between sentient beings in Middle-earth and creatures of nature. Unfortunately, the film reduces Bard's character to merely being observant enough to identify the dragon's weak spot. It leaves us wondering what might have happened if he had discovered it earlier. Could one of his regular arrows have brought down the dragon? Did he actually need the black arrow? We are left with uncertainty. Nonetheless, witnessing Bard ingeniously construct a makeshift bow capable of shooting the black arrow using his son's shoulder for support, is both exhilarating and heartwarming to watch. 
One intriguing detail overlooked in the film is the dragon's gem-encrusted belly. The book emphasizes the presence of silvery gems clinging to Smog's belly, glistening in the moonlight. These gems symbolize the dragon's long occupation of his treasure hoard. They have become as natural a part of his body as his scales. In contrast, the film accentuates the fiery reds and oranges, showcasing Smog's glowing belly as he prepares to unleash his fiery breath. Nevertheless, the black arrow finds its mark, piercing through the air with precision. Smog collides with the arrow, and as he takes his last breath, the once raging fires within him are extinguished. In a peculiar twist compared to the book, where people believed Bard to be drowned by the Smog's descent into the lake, the film portrays the dragon's crash as obliterating the master's boat and plunging him into the depths of the water. Shortly after Smog's demise, Malin remarks that news of the dragon's death will swiftly spread. Legolas even mentions this to Bard later on. This directly references the events in the book, where the elves mobilized upon receiving messages from birds, and even the goblins caught wind of the news in their dark caverns. We're not done yet. If you like this episode, please leave a review and share with your friends. And remember to subscribe if you haven't already. We'll be right back. We briefly cut back to Gandalf, imprisoned within Sauron's formidable fortress, Dol Guldur. Although our glimpse is fleeting, it serves as a reminder of the perilous situation the wise wizard finds himself in, adding to the mounting tension. More on this in a future episode. Returning to the Lake Town refugees, the budding romance between Keeley and Tariel deepens, evoking mixed emotions. While some viewers may find their interactions cringeworthy, like me, Others may be drawn into the emotional turmoil of their forbidden love. However, their time together is tragically cut short, as circumstances force them to part ways, adding an element of heartbreak to their relationship, if you're into that. I personally am in the first camp. It makes me cringe. Enter Alfred, a character exclusively created for the film for who knows whatever reason. Throughout the scene, he consistently exhibits his sniveling manners, selfishly pushing others aside and demanding to be served rather than serving. In a departure from the book, Alfred assumes the role that the master of Lake Town plays, a self-serving leader and cunning politician. This stark contrast further highlights Bard's selflessness, problem-solving nature, and servant leadership, which remains consistent in both the book and the film. One particular moment worth mentioning is when Bard barely budges, yet manages to effortlessly push Alfred back to the ground. An amusing scene that always makes me laugh. During a conversation about the whereabouts of the Master, a woman opines that the Master is, quote, halfway down the Anduin. While this line adds a touch of criticism on the Master, it deviates from the geography of Middle-earth. In the lore, the Anduin River runs north to south along the eastern side of the Misty Mountains, serving as the path taken by the Fellowship after departing from Lothlorien. However, the waters of Lake Esgaroth, where Lake Town resides, do not connect with the Anduin. Instead, they flow through a river called Kelduin, leading to the Sea of Rune in the east before continuing south towards Mordor. Although a minor detail, it offers a glimpse into the intricacies of Middle-earth's geography, adding a touch of trivia for those keen on exploring the lore. Bard, stepping into a position of leadership, takes charge of the refugee efforts, 
organizing and coordinating those who can offer assistance. In the face of tragedy and loss, his resilience shines through as he guides the displaced residents, providing hope and structure in their time of need. As the chapter draws to a close, our attention shifts to the splinter group of dwarves, determinedly climbing the mountain. Against the backdrop of the smoldering remains of Lake Town in the distance, the perilous journey ahead is palpable. The site serves as a poignant visual reminder of the immense challenges and obstacles that await our intrepid heroes. In later scenes, we witness the continued chaos among the refugees, capturing the turmoil and desperation of their situation. Bard emerges as a beacon of hope, openly sharing his intentions to journey to the mountain and confront the challenges that lie ahead. The discussion about the unguarded treasure serves as a reminder of the immense risks and temptations that await them. Despite the adversities, the people gradually find organization and unity, mustering the courage to leave the shores of the lake behind and embark on a treacherous journey towards the sanctuary of the mountain. As our expedition through fire and water comes to a close, we've witnessed the clash of self-serving leaders and selfless heroes, the evolution of tender or cringeworthy romances, and some subtle shifts in Middle-earth's geography. Join us in our next episode as we delve into the next chapter of The Hobbit, The Gathering Clouds, and explore the fateful convergence of the armies on the horizon. Don't forget to share our podcast with your fellow wanderers, and stay tuned for more exploration on the world and works of J.R.R. Tolkien. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode, let me know by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing with your friends. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Lore of the Rings Podcast. For feedback on the show, please email me using the link in the show notes. Until next Thursday, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Raise your hand if this has happened to you today. You're in the middle of work, you're knocking things off the to-do list, getting stuff done, and your kid asks you to play. Do you drop everything? Do you ask them to wait a minute? What do you do? If you're like me, you don't always say yes right away. The kid moves on, you get busy, and you forget to circle back around and play. An opportunity to make a memory has been lost, and the dad guilt settles in. Not so anymore. I've developed a simple game that will enable you to take those small moments and have fun. It's called Dad's Adventure Dice Digital Edition. My five-year-old daughter asks me nearly every day, can we do Dad Adventure Dice? What follows are some quick rolls of the dice that lead to a fun activity with an intriguing twist. Within five or ten minutes, we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughter, and made a memory together. Download your own Dad's Adventure Dice today. Visit store.adventures.dad to download yours. That's store.adventure.dad to download Dad's Adventure Dice.